Welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the program, and it is show number 108. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. If you're watching live here on Facebook, we will be taking it to social media. We'll be taking it to Voice Ed Radio Canada and Disrupt Ed TV and iTunes uh, after we post it. Uh, but we are live on Facebook right now. As we say each week, if you are watching live, please leave us a question or a comment uh, regarding the show, and, and certainly for me or our guest uh, be joining us here. Today, very excited, very special. We have Megan Redman from Alaska joining us. She took time out during her school day. She's in school right now and was able to meet us during her lunchtime fitness in. Um, but I had a chance to, to see Megan and, and meet Megan this summer at the National Principals Conference in Boston. She is the National Association of Secondary School Principals Assistant Principal, that's a mouthful right there, of the year. And uh, really excited to talk to Megan about that and uh, that award and what it's done for her and her school district and, and her personally and professionally. So we'll be meeting Megan uh, in a moment. Before we get started, I would like to thank today's sponsor of the show, and that is the Coaching and Leadership Journal. This is from my friend Dan Spanauer in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Dan runs the leadership publishing team uh, and provides great content. He's written a, a number of books uh, and really great stuff with leadership. Uh, his website, again, the leadership publishing team, uh, if you want to punch in uh, our discount code, um, Murata20, that'll give you a 20% off uh, yearly subscription. It's great. Dan gives me a lot of quotes, a lot of insight. Uh, and again, just just great uh, content in here. You get an electronic version and a paper version. Here is the information. I'll hold it close up there if you can see that. Let me get it closer. And that's the uh, the subscription information. Uh, again, the Coaching and Leadership Journal from the Leadership Publishing Team, Dan Spanauer. This is a great resource, so I do certainly recommend uh, you check that out. And again, punch in that code Murata20, and you will get a 20% discount. So. It's Monday of Thanksgiving week and uh, just a great time of the year, right? The temperature's changing. I'm sure it's already changed in Alaska when we asked Megan about the weather, but the temperature's changing. It's football season, um, you know, and just that, that sense of gratitude uh, that we have. And, and as I was preparing for the show and thinking about the show, we certainly can think in our personal lives, right, what we're grateful for. Uh, but I was thinking in education, right? What am I grateful for with some things in, in education? And I started with going the extra mile, right? We always enjoy, students enjoy when people go above and beyond. So doing more than expected. Number two, growth mindsets. I'm grateful for uh, educators and, and school leaders and students that kind of have that I can attitude or let me try attitude or what if attitude. Sometimes when you're, you're looking at trying things or doing things differently, people give you reasons not to do things. I like to look at things and say, why not? Or how can we? Or what if? 
so those growth mindsets. How about persistence? Being grateful for persistence. Those kids and teachers coming to school every day, giving their all, bell after bell, class after class, being persistent and, and climbing that mountain, right? We're on a journey here. And I always admire that uh, in my staff and students. Lastly, relationships, uh, you know, relationships. Think of those great teachers you had in your life, people that impacted you. Uh, I can't wait to talk to Megan and, and hear about her impact on, on her school and her students there. But what a great opportunity we have uh, in education to, to build those relationships and constantly meet um, people, right? Uh, people that, that we're working with, people that we're educating, kids and families. And the last thing I, I have on there that I'm, that I'm grateful for in education, right? We don't get a bonus check at the end of the year, us educators. But what we do get is, is graduates that come back and thank us, students that we've impacted their lives that come back to say thank you. Or we see that kid get a job or go to that school they wanted to, and you know that you wrote them a letter of recommendation, that kind of stuff, right? So I call that the bonus. It's not a bonus check, but it's a bonus of knowing that you impacted that kid's life. So just some things that I am grateful for. Uh, in my world of education. And, and uh, I do want to welcome in our guest right now. Uh, and there she is from her office in Alaska. Hey, Megan, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for having me. I appreciate you making time out during your day. I was trying to do the math with the time change. And, and here you are working during the day on your lunch hour, jumping on a podcast. Well, I'm really happy to be here. And hopefully our internet holds out. If I, if I have to drop out because our internet... Uh, uh, is overloaded. I'll be back. I promise. <laughs> okay. That's one of our challenges in rural Alaska is having dependable internet. Well, you sound good and you look great. And, and we're really uh, grateful that you're joining us. Uh, Megan is the assistant principal at Chief Ivan Blunka School in New Stuyahawk. I think I got that right. Uh, and she's also the National um, Association of Secondary School Principals Assistant Principal of the Year. Uh, Megan, you heard the opening concept, and before we, you know, jump into you right away, what are some things that you are grateful for here on this this Thanksgiving week? Oh, well, there's definitely lots to be thankful for. Um, the first thing that popped into my head is all the the happy, smiling faces that come into our doors every single day. Our students. Um, this week we started. Oh, this morning we started our Thanksgiving week out with. I, I hid a bunch of turkeys around the school, and the kids have been bringing them in as they find them for little prizes. <coughs> when they come in, they're so excited, and so it's really fun to see those smiling faces. And so that's one thing I'm grateful for. And then the other thing I'm really grateful for is all of our wonderful staff members that are um, that dedicate every single day, every minute to to our students during school day and and long after the school day. And in my personal life, um, I am really thankful for mail. I had a big stack of boxes on my desk today from the post office. Out in rural Alaska, we don't get mail every, we don't get mail every day. And so it's real fun when mail comes. Um, and we don't have a store. Um, so the mail is pretty much how everything we need comes. So it's almost like Christmas when the mail actually comes around here. Wow. How, and, often, how often does the mail come? Um, typically two or three times a week, um, wow. Wow. sometimes less. Sometimes we can go a couple weeks without any mail if the weather's bad. Um, 
it, it really varies, but typically two or three times a week. And then of course, I'm really thankful for my family, even my little nine month old who is teething and uh, not sleeping very much at night. <laughs> um, but I'm still very, very thankful for all of them. Wow. Wow. Now that's great. And I'm looking forward to learning more about your school and your family uh, as we talk here. Megan, tell us a little bit about your journey, right? I announced about your, your award here. Tell me about your, your education journey. How did you get out to Alaska and, and kind of a little bit about yourselves to, to introduce yourself? Okay. Um, well, I am originally from Beloit, Wisconsin. I went to, I did my undergrad at the University of Wisconsin, Eau Claire. And after I graduated from there, I taught in um, rural Northern Wisconsin for three years. I taught elementary school in Baldwin, Wisconsin. Um, and my husband and I were just kind of ready for a big change in our lives. And we were at a good point to make a big change. We didn't have a house or kids or anything like that yet tying us down. And I saw an ad in the paper for a job fair in Minneapolis, which was only about an hour away from where I was working. Um, and so we thought, hey, why not? It was a job, job fair for all Alaska school districts. And so I went to that job fair I went to about six different interviews at that job fair. And two weeks later, I got a call back and I had a job. Um, and so the first community that I moved to in Alaska was called Twin Hills. And a lot of people say I was thought I was crazy for making this huge change. Um, yeah. The community called Twin Hills. Um, it was a community of 80 people, the whole community, 80 people off the road system in Alaska right on the Bering Sea, kind of uh, in the Bristol Bay area of Alaska. Wow. And the school I taught at was, um, we had two teachers, myself and one other teacher, teaching kindergarten through eighth grade. So my job, my first year there was I taught fourth grade through eighth grade, everything. Um, I had those students all day. We taught all subjects. And then my second year there, the principal left and the district wanted someone who had been there to help run the school. So I became the lead teacher. The next in, your, year. in your second year. Yep. In my second year in Alaska. Uh, so as lead teacher, I had all of the site administrator duties as well as teaching those same fourth grade through eighth graders all day long still. Um, and then on top of that, I started working on my master so that I could um, get my educational leadership master's degree and uh, doing all of that online, obviously, since yeah. um, there's no university out in Twin Hills, Alaska. <laughs> um, Twin Hills was a really special place, um, a wonderful, special in a wonderful way. Um, like I said, it was tiny. There was only 80 people in the whole community. We had about 20 students in the school. It's right on the ocean, right on the Bering Sea. Um, there's no stores. In Twin Hills, all there is is a post office and the school. And so we had to uh, adapt to our new environment very quickly. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, and, and Megan, let me jump in. You went out there sight unseen. You took the job yes. without seeing anything. I had never been to Alaska. Um, I'd only been on an airplane once in my whole life before that. Wow. And yeah, my husband and I and our dog flew out to Twin Hills sight unseen. And it was funny, the, the superintendent at the time that hired me um, told me that um, if I went to Twin Hills for just one year, I could have my choice of any other school in the district the next year if I didn't like it. 
And then I stayed in Twin Hills for six years as the wow, lead. Wow. And I absolutely loved it. Um, but after six years, we were about ready to have our second child. And um, I just couldn't do the um, lead teacher and teacher all day long. Um, and then into the evening, as much extra time as it took. So I transferred to another school in our district, to Chief Ivan Blanca School, where I am now. And here I'm the assistant principal. Um, on top of being assistant principal, I'm also the school counselor. I'm also our senior advisor, our student council advisor. Um, and of course, all the other duties as assigned, whatever needs to get done. <laughs> um, and so I've been I've been in our district in rural Alaska for 10 years. Wow. Wow. That is just fascinating. And and kudos to you and your husband, right? I just talked about growth mindsets and what if. And and here you are, you made that change. And you know, what what was it that Alaska though? Was it was that something that you and your husband had talked about? Or you saw the jobs and then you kind of, you know, what was yeah. it about Alaska that what you made you want to go out there? We had talked about it like right when I first graduated. Um, for my undergrad and was um, started looking for a job as a teacher. Um, and it just wasn't a good time. And Alaska was just always somewhere we'd been really fascinated with and we'd always wanted to go there. And um, we kind of thought what better way to experience it than actually moving here. Um, and we knew we didn't want to move to Anchorage or Fairbanks because that isn't Alaska. That's Anchorage and Fairbanks are beautiful, but they're more like any other city you'd live in in the lower 48 and so we wanted to move somewhere very new and and so we did <laughs> wow. and i can't imagine living anywhere else now i love it out here and megan you know you mentioned about the stores right like that you don't have the stores and that kind of stuff so like how do you get the resources for your for your school and your, and your teachers like in terms of you know whiteboards and and uh, projectors and things like that like how do you you just you have to order everything online. Is it like you're not going down to the local staples? We um, in the the community I live in now, New City Hawk, we do have a teeny tiny store, but you're definitely not going to go there to buy projectors and things like that. Um, it's more like if you need a dozen eggs or a candy bar, bag of chips, pop, that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, we order. We have to order everything online. Um, we do have a few suppliers like in Anchorage that we can have supplies flown out on an air taxi. Um, but the freight, the, like the shipping charges get very expensive when we do that. So mm -hmm. we have to plan very far ahead and order everything we possibly can online. Amazon is our absolute best friend out here. Uh, Amazon prime free shipping even inclu includes Alaska, even out here. Wow. Uh, it may take a month or six weeks for things to get here through the mail sometimes, but it does get here. And so we have to just plan that far out to make sure we have everything that we need. And, and everyone there obviously has that patience and that kind of mindset that this is what it is and this is how it is out here. Most of the time. <laughs> yeah, You definitely yeah. have to. That's a, a big learning curve for our new teachers that move out to rural Alaska is getting used to that turnaround time of when you need things. Um, when I was in Twin Hills and we had absolutely no store I really got ingrained in my mind that I um, just have to do without sometimes. And even now that we have a, or in this community, we have a small store. I find myself forgetting that sometimes and just thinking, oh, I'm out of eggs. I just have to figure out something else to do. Or um, I forget that I can 
go down to the store sometimes and pick up a few of those things. Yeah. Wow. Megan, you know, congratulations on this award, uh, winning the, you know, the National Assistant Principal of the Year. And uh, what has that done for your district? What has that done for you? And, you know, I assume it's brought some positivity to to your group there, your, your leadership group, your school and your community. Why don't you tell us about that uh, and, and all that that's done? Yeah, well, I think the best thing about um, winning that award is we've gotten to showcase like the really awesome things that are happening out in rural Alaska and, you know, in Alaskan education. It seems like the news always focuses on the negative things that are happening on low test scores or, um, you know, the terrible stories of things that are happening out in rural Alaska. Um, but there's so many good things, too, um, that just get overshadowed by all those big stories. And so it's been really great to have that national stage to get to share the great things we're doing, the great things our kids are doing. Um, and uh, like, you know, bringing a voice from rural Alaska to the table. And you've done this obviously digitally and connecting on social media and that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. is that, is that what that's been your avenue? Yeah, a lot of it, um, you know, through NASSP, um, I've gotten to write blog posts and host Twitter chats. And, um, you know, being at the conference in Boston, um, you know, all of those platforms I've had to, to share our school story. And is this something that you brought to your school leadership and your district to say, like, hey, I want to do this. This is important because is that something that you brought to them or did someone challenge you or spark you to do that? Um, well, most of it has kind of been, um, you know, by winning, I won the state um, assistant principal of the year award. And so because of that, I was able to apply for the national award. And, you know, in my application, I talked about the things we were already doing um, at our school. And so, uh, you know, I guess we've kind of, as a team with me and the principal and our district, we've been able to share that. Yeah. Well, good for you and, and good for getting that voice out there. And uh, uh, I mean, that that's uh, some journey. Uh, is this now something that you've taken on as part of your leadership role to attract teachers out there? You were telling me a little bit about like kind of the housing and that, you know, you provide housing for teachers as part of the incentive to get out there. But is that a role that you've taken on? Um. A little bit, yeah. We kind of approach it as a team. Um, I do um, help with recruiting for our district as a whole and not just our school site. Um, so in the past couple of years, I've gotten to go to some of our job fairs that we go to to help recruit teachers. Um, it's definitely a challenge in rural Alaska to attract and hire and keep um, our highly qualified teachers. Um, so you mentioned like our teacher housing, uh, rural Alaska, it's definitely a challenge to find um, rentals. So our district, we have teacher housing provided for all of our teachers at a subsidized rate. Um, at our school, we've really focused on like working as a team with all of our teachers and promoting <coughs> that kind of positivity and, and being sort of, sort of, we kind of call ourselves a big dysfunctional family. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just because our teachers are, are away from their families out here in rural Alaska, it's really expensive to travel. They don't get to see their families very often. And so we find ourselves being family for each other um, a lot. Uh, we have a pretty rock star staff right now. Uh, I think it was almost, I guess it was two school years ago now. We actually had 100% teacher retention, which is basically unheard of in rural Alaska, which we're very, very proud of. 
And last year, we only had to hire one new teacher. Um, we had only one teacher leave last year. And our and new then, teacher. And where do they go, Megan? Is it, are they going somewhere else in Alaska? Or are most people going down to the lower 48 that they, they went to Alaska and they and they moved back? Like, yeah. Where are they going? Most people are going back to where they were originally from. I'm usually back by their families. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, it's hard to be away from your family. We end up hiring a lot of new teachers. Um, and so they come out here by themselves. They don't always, um, they aren't always prepared for that huge change of not being around, you know, your family. Um, when I moved out here, I moved out here with my husband. And so I had that support. Um, and now I have my own kids. And so this is where we feel like our family is. But it's really different when you when you come out here by yourself. Yeah, wow. And like if a teacher is sick and like they, they, they don't come to work, like does everyone else just have to pitch in? Because you're not pulling from a big substitute pool, are you? Yeah, um, out in rural Alaska, we don't have like certified teachers as substitutes. We have community members that um, that come up and sub in the classrooms and then the teachers prepare lesson plans that, that will work for, for that situation. Okay. Megan, how about you professionally? Again, you just won this very prestigious award. How do you, being in, in rural Alaska, as you say, like how do you continue to grow as a leader, right? If I want to drive you know, 60 minutes towards New York City, I can go to all kinds of workshops and things like that and, and learn, like, how are you sharpening the saw as a leader without having so much, uh, you know, exposure to, mm-hmm. to, to different leaders? Yeah. Um, so one thing I get to attend in person every year is our Alaska Principals Conference, and I'm lucky to be on the planning committee for that um, for the last two years. So I've gotten to help kind of shape the that direction of that a little bit. And that is an amazing conference to get to go to in person and hear amazing speakers and get to connect with other principals from across the state. Um, Myself and my principal, we really collaborate a lot and help each other um, continue to grow, become better leaders. Um, We have a lot of resources through NASSP and then the Alaska Association as well um, for like webinars and things like that. So I I register and attend a lot of those. Something else that I do for our state, we have a program called, it's the Alaska Professional Learning Network, ACPLIN. Um, and so I lead I lead a team in that system of assistant principals from across the state. We also have a team in there for rural principals across Alaska. And it's mostly just like a, um, like we have messaging boards where we can post okay. discussions questions and talk to each other through that. Um, And then, you know, I have to challenge myself a lot. I I challenge myself to set aside some, a few minutes every day to do some reading. Um, Principal and I read a few books, the same books. And so we, uh, you know, we talk about that together, but it definitely is a challenge to stay connected being out here where we're at. Yeah. Well, kudos to you and, and your principal. Uh, you wrote a little bit about her, Robin Jones, uh, for doing that and, and wanting that that professional developing and, and, and that growth mindset. Um, you mentioned uh, in, again, our pre-show meeting about uh, Robin Jones being a mentor to you and how she pushes you, you know, to be a bold, courageous leader. What What is it that, that she challenges you and how does she go about doing that, you know, for you? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the... 
one of the reasons I'm even in New Seahawk as assistant principal is because of Robin. She's been the principal here for six years now, or six or seven. And when the assistant principal position opened up, she asked me if I would be interested um, in, you know, transitioning into this position. Um, we've been both been in the district for, I've been in the district for 10 years and she's been in the district for 11 years. And anyone being out here that long is pretty rare. Um, so, you know, she knew that I was committed to the area and that um, we would make a good team. So, um, you know, she's one of the main reasons why I'm here at all. Yeah. Uh, we always, we kind of make jokes that, uh, you know, we have complementary leadership styles. So I'm able to push her on things that she doesn't even, necessarily like to do or does differently than way I do and then vice versa. So we were able to kind of push each other in, in different areas, which I think makes us a really good team. You've also mentioned that your sister uh, is a mentor to you and, and, you know, how did she motivate you to go into education? So my sister is 10 years older than me. So there's a bit of an age gap there. So she went off to college uh, when I was still in middle school and I hadn't quite decided what I wanted to do. And I got to see the whole process of her taking her classes and doing her student teaching and everything. And I saw that um, I would, that's something I would love to do. And so um, that was what inspired me to become a teacher to begin with. And then um, she, one thing that I really admire about my older sister, she's been in the same school district her entire career. She's wow. been a teacher for 23 years now, I think. And she's wow. been in the same district that entire time in a few different roles. And so that also inspires me to want to make a commitment to somewhere and stick it out. And, um, excuse me. Um, so that that's also been really inspiring for me. Yeah, that is interesting, right? To see those people that have done that and, uh, you know, grown in a place versus get different experiences, right? There's value to both of them, but that's great. Megan, how about some non-education uh, stuff, right? It's getting cold here in the Northeast, you know? What are some cold tricks, right? Tricks that you guys do out there that's, oh yeah, we do this to make sure we stay warm. Like, you know, uh, I, I took my kid to Michigan uh, last weekend. We went to the football game. I, my hands are still cold, you know? <laughs> what are some things that you guys do uh, to make sure that you, you keep warm? Well, I'll tell you one great thing um, about being in rural Alaska that I never really thought about before I moved out here. But I used to live, uh, when I lived in Wisconsin, I had to drive about 45 minutes to work every day. And if it was super, super snowy and the roads were terrible, but they didn't call school, um, I'd have to leave at like four in the morning to get to work. Oof. And uh, the greatest thing about being in rural Alaska and living so close to the school is it can snow 15 feet. We don't cancel school because... We don't have buses. All the kids come up to school on their own and I can just walk to school. So it can snow 15 feet. I don't care. I don't have to drive through it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's one of my favorite things uh, of like the change between Wisconsin and Alaska. Um, but I, you know, just uh, my advice to everyone is overdress <laughs> for sure. Um, even if it looks warm, your ears are going to be cold is what I tell everyone. So always take a warm hat no matter where you are, no matter what the weather is. Um, in the summer, I tell people take a raincoat, no matter where you go, no matter how nice it looks, because it's probably gonna rain, no matter whether it's sunny or not. 
And uh, my favorite winter gear is probably like I have this fleece hat that kind of also is a scarf connected to it. So it goes around your neck and then you wrap it around and then it cinches up tight around your face. That's my favorite thing to wear when it's really cold outside. Nice. Nice. And how about some some local beauties, right? You know, Dan Karstens was nice enough to share about the peninsula he lives on. And you mentioned the cities, right? But what are some some beauties in the area that you live that that, that we don't know about? Yeah. So I live out uh, on the tundra. So I know I'm from Wisconsin. So whenever I before I thought of the frozen tundra, I thought of you know Lambeau Field and the Packers. <laughs> yeah. But now to me, the tundra is. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of trees. It's all really low growing, um, like alders and willows and things like that. And then lots of tundra plants. And I think my favorite thing about here is going out into the tundra and just like the smell of the, um, the berry plants that are on the ground, the blueberry plants. And there's a, there's a plant called uh, Labrador tea. And it just has this smell that like, I can't even describe, but just take this big, deep breath in. And it's just like, cleansing just to be out there and have that smell um i don't think i could ever move back to the lower 48 because i'm so spoiled with the views up here everywhere you go i mean you can stop anywhere and look in any direction and just it's a breathtaking view wow. um, some parts of alaska it's mountains out here we have a beautiful river we can see uh it's just amazing <coughs> and beautiful wow wow it's really great. I, I, you know, I've been curious about Alaska and I've had a chance to talk with you and Dan and this makes me want to visit. Uh, I don't know about visiting in uh, January or February though. Um, Megan, I know you have a lot of responsibilities to get back to. So uh, before we get to rapid fire, was there anything else that, that, you know, you wanted to mention or any shout outs uh, before we get to rapid fire? Um, um, I, oh, I can't think of anything. <laughs> okay, that's okay. We'll put it out on social media afterwards, and uh, okay. uh, you know you can and certainly connect with people there. Um, all right, rapid fire, so you can get back to your assistant principal duties. Uh, okay. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right, last book you read? Um, I'm currently reading uh, Hacking School Discipline. Yeah, so I'm really excited to finish getting through that. I. I'm a busy, busy, you got three kids at home, so I don't have a lot of time to read, but I try and carve a little bit of time out every single day to read. And you're dealing with pre-K kids who who, who, who you know, poked each other versus high school kids who might be doing some more serious stuff. Yeah. Wow. Uh, last uh, movie you saw? Um, last night I watched Jurassic Park with my three-year-old. But again, I'm a mom, and so I haven't been to a movie theater in a really long time, but the last movie theater movie I saw was... Uh, the 10th anniversary of Twilight last year when my principal and I went to the principal's conference in Anchorage. <laughs> wow. That was What's our fun that? night. Was your kid scared with Jurassic Park? Oh, no. He's obsessed with dinosaurs. Oh, he was wow. telling me all the names. And... Wow. <laughs> you, you have Netflix there, obviously. You can get Netflix. I mean, you can, but um, the thing about rural Alaska is there's no such thing as unlimited internet. Uh -huh. uh, so we have to limit our streaming a lot. <laughs> Favorite place to travel outside of Alaska? Oh, outside of Alaska. Uh, well, I jotted down my favorite place to travel to in Alaska is Homer, which is down by where Dan lives on the Kenai Peninsula. 
Um, okay. That's where we spend our summer every summer. Um, but outside of Alaska, I'd have to say uh, Hawaii. Nice, nice. Uh, something that motivates you? Um, something that motivates me is like seeing that aha moment on my students when we when, either when we're on a trip or we're at school and they just finally like get something that, that always really motivates me to keep going. Nice. That's one of those things we're grateful for. How about a pet peeve of yours, Megan? Well, the first thing that popped in my mind is I do a lot of traveling. And so when people are using their phones or like their iPads and they don't use headphones, that drives me crazy. Oh, me too, right? Like, do, do you not hear how loud that is? Like, what are you doing? Exactly. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, best purchase under $100 that has had a great impact on your life. Well, two things popped into my head when I saw this question. First thing is um, a power. I have this teeny tiny power strip that I take with me when I travel so that I have extra plugins in hotel rooms. Uh, that was a really good investment. <laughs> and then I have this uh, like waterproof duffel bag that I use when I travel that is life changing. When you travel in rural Alaska, you're on dirt runways all the time and out in the weather and uh, so it's really important to have a really good travel bag that's waterproof. Something about Megan Reg Redmond that people do not know about. Um, something that I'm really good at that a lot of people don't know about is um, I'm a good singer. I'm mm. a soprano. And I, uh, when I lived in Wisconsin, I sang solos at our church every single weekend. Um, but I haven't done that since I moved to Alaska. So not a lot of people know that about me. Well, now in your music program, I'm going to have to get you involved with the music teacher there. Uh, if you had a billboard out in rural Alaska with a message that you could put on it, what would that message be? I think it would be our school hashtag. Uh, we go uh, the Eagle Way. That's our school hashtag. So we've been working really hard the last couple of years to get our students and our community and everyone using it. And uh, so the Eagle Way. Cool. Uh, a short-term goal of yours, professional or personal, three to five months? Um, personally, I'm trying to get all my, my pictures organized and printed. <laughs> uh, I take lots of pictures of my kids and at school, and they're mostly stored on my phone, and I really need to get them off my phone and printed on pictures or um, on paper in books. So that's a personal goal of mine. And then a professional goal of mine is to do a lot more reading. I have a huge stack of books that I've bought that I really want to read that I have not had time to get to that I really want to get reading on. Yeah. Right. Kids in school. It's hard to, I remember my principal uh, back when his kids finally were older, he went on summer vacation and he said to me, this was the first time I read a book on the beach in 20 years. <laughs> so I'm with you on that. Uh, how about a long-term goal? Three to five years. Oh gosh, that one's harder. Um, uh, Probably long-term goal is um, we've been working really hard on um, uh, providing a lot of extra opportunities for our students and like outside of our community. And so I've been working on building partnerships to strengthen or, you know, to build those opportunities for our students. So I think that's something that's a long-term goal I'm working on is building more partnerships that will benefit our students. Awesome. Awesome. And if we can help you with that in any way, you know, through the program or through social media, 
uh, would love to connect maybe uh, a school in New York with a school in Alaska. Maybe we could set yeah. something up to do yeah, something like great. that. Um, I know you have a passion outside uh, education too. Uh, Ash and Piper is a small little business you got going. You know, tell me a little bit about that quilting passion of yours and where did that come from? Um, so when I moved to Alaska, well, one of the like uh, things I liked about the idea of moving to Alaska is simplifying things. And so when we moved to rural Alaska, I found myself with a lot more free time at first. <laughs> uh, that has slowly uh, fallen away over time with kids and whatnot. But um, so I taught myself how to quilt when I moved up here. And it's just become a hobby of mine that I love to do. It's really relaxing. And I got to a point where I... Um, was spending too much money on my own hobby and you can only make so many quilts for yourself. So I started selling quilts to be able to fund my, my addiction to fabric and, and quilting. So I started a little company called Ashton Piper quilting company. It's named after my <coughs> puppies, um, my dogs, Ashton Piper. Um, and I named it after them because my quilts are always covered in their hair and that makes them warmer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And yeah, I just, I love to sew. It's really relaxing and I don't have as much time as I used to, to sew and sell quilts. But when I have free time, I still do that. So could people, is there, is there a website or something, Megan, that people I could go? I have a Facebook or? page. If you search Ashton Piper Quilting on Facebook, you'll find me. <coughs> It's okay. a really cute logo. My sister's a graphic designer and she designed me a little Ooh. logo that's half the head of a golden retriever and the other half's a head of a husky because those are my two dogs, so. You'll find it. And how can people get in touch with you, you know, professionally on, on social media and such? Um, so I use Twitter for um, my professional, um, you know, I post a lot on Twitter about the things we're doing at our school. So if you're interested in hearing about rural Alaska and the things we're doing out here in New Stuyahawk, um, my Twitter handle is Alaska22Redmond. Um, so you can follow me on there. And then we also have a Facebook group for our school that's called CIBS Eagles Fan Page. So if you search that up, um, you'll find our Facebook group. And that's where our myself, the principal, our teachers, our community members all post about um, the events and things that are happening up at our school. Megan, you've done a great job. And again, I know you got to get back to you. Your real job here uh, on your lunchtime. How about a favorite quote, uh, Megan, and, and and a book recommendation uh, for people listening? Sure. My absolute favorite professional book is definitely Hacking Leadership. Uh, Joe Sanfilippo came up to the Alaska Principals Conference two years ago, um, and that book was definitely a huge influence on the things that we've been doing at our school for the last couple of years. <clears throat> and fun fact, uh, my older sister, went to college with Joe. So that was kind of a cool connection we made when he came up here to Alaska. Yeah. Uh, and then my favorite quote that inspires me in lots of different arenas of my life is, um, and I actually made a poster of this my first year teaching and I still have the poster up in my office. Uh, Don't be afraid of death, Winnie. Be afraid of the unlived life from Tuck Everlasting. Oh. Uh, that's my, my inspirational quote that I always have up no matter where I am. You did a great job. This was Megan uh, Redmond, uh, Redmond, everyone, uh, in Alaska. Uh, Got to head back to school now. Megan, I wish you and your family uh, a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, and thank you so much for, for the time here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. All right, great. Thank you for having me. Megan, stay on the line a minute. We're going to cue this music up. Hang tight. I'll be back right back with you here in a moment.
and we're going to sign off, everyone. This is Andrew Murata uh, here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. I am at Andrew Murata 21. If I could help you in any way, don't hesitate to reach out. And uh, thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks, Megan.